Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan on Quartz 96 FM. I'm sitting here with me head in my hands. I honestly have no idea where to start this morning. I really, really, really don't. 1857 is the number. The text to WhatsApp 083 396 Email opinion at 96mm.ie. Twitter is at opinionline96. Hashtag OL96. And if you want us on Facebook, it's the Corks 96FM Facebook page. I'm a long time covering politics. I'm a long time covering stories of politicians caught virtually or otherwise with their pants down. <sighs> have to say, Aoife Grace Moore from the Irish Examiner, what a story to break. <laughs> well done unto yourself and your colleague, Paul Hosford. Take me through this. When did you realise that this had gone on in the wake of what we what happened earlier this week? Yeah, so yesterday I was like actually on a different job um, with the junior minister, Josepha Madigan, and I called into a cafe um, to file a story from that press conference when me and my colleague Paul got a, a tip-off together um, that this event had been scheduled to go ahead at the hotel in Galway and maybe we should look into it. So the first thing I did was phone the hotel and the receptionist said, yeah, as far as she's concerned, you know, the, the event went ahead, but she couldn't be sure on numbers. And I managed to get uh, my hands on the guest list the table plan and the first two names on the table plan um, on table one were the Minister for Agriculture and his wife and the EU Commissioner Phil Hogan. Mm-hmm. Um, so then it became very much going to the people themselves and asking them outright, did you go to this? Mm-hmm. And then it, it developed into a bit of a farce halfway through because there became a lot of back and forth about what is a partition, what is a wall, is it one room? And I think I kind of doubted myself at the start because the event was so big and the minister was at it. So I started thinking, 
maybe I'm wrong. You know, maybe they are allowed to do this. Yeah. And um, lo and behold, we actually realised how bad it was when the people we started phoning started lying to us about what the room looked like. And it occurred to us then that if they're all telling us different stories, they're trying to hide something. And that was what kind of, like, teed it off then that we knew that this was going to be quite a big story. It's it's huge, Aoife, because we have one minister has already resigned. The There's been a call on Jerry Buttimer, who's the last here, look at the Shannon. There's been a call on him to resign his position this morning. Judges, European commissioners, uh, the head of protocol for Leinster House was there, a man called John Flaherty, the captain of the guard, who looks after all the security and protocol for Leinster House. This was the great and the good, 82 of them, the day after they told the elderly people to go back into their houses. Yeah, it was it was quite a list. Um, I think what was notable as well was the amount of senators, both sitting senators and former senators, as well as, you know, the big names that we know now, you know, the minister, Phil Hogan, um, Sean O'Rourke. So, yeah, I was quite struck. And you can understand that that's maybe why we started doubting ourselves, because we yeah. thought, I mean, if all these people are there, surely this must be allowed, because we just didn't think that... 82 of them would have this kind of bad judgment but I think maybe that kind of thought maybe entered their head too is the fact that well if the minister's here and Phil Hogan's here then maybe it is okay. There, there comes and, a point if it doesn't there as a journalist when you're working on such a massive story you actually do begin no someone's winding me up here. Yeah that was definitely it if it wasn't for my colleague Paul who wrote the story along with me and our editor John I was at one stage being like, you know, I'm not sure this is as big a deal as we think it is. I was nearly talking myself out of it. And without them two kind of pushing me on to say, no, 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 this is this is definitely a big deal. Yeah. It was only after speaking to so many people who were there and seemed so very calm when I called them about it. They all seemed very chilled out that a yeah. journalist had called them about this event. So another another name, another name on the guest list that we believe was definitely in attendance was Seamus Wolfe. A judge who would have, as Attorney General, helped to draft some of the regulations under which we have been living for months on end. Was he definitely there? Because his name was there. We haven't been able to confirm from Mr. Wolf himself that he definitely was there. He was on the guest list for sure. So um, we're still waiting back for a response of whether or not he was there. But yeah, he is the former, uh, he's the current judge and the former Attorney General who was, who was on the list to be there as well. And I know that I heard you on a previous interview this morning. There's a personal side to this, too. You're one of the thousands of people around the country who cancelled your wedding. Yeah, both um, Paul and myself, who wrote the story, we both were supposed to get married this month or last month. So um, I'm actually collecting my wedding dress today, if I can get off the phone for 10 minutes. <laughs> but yeah, we, I was supposed to get married in July, um, but we put it back to May. But, you know, I'm Do you very feel much personally it. cross about that? Aoife. No, I'm not cross. I mean, a pandemic's a pandemic, and, and like everyone's made. No, but over you made the sacrifice. These didn't. I think like everyone is allowed to make mistakes, and like everyone has poor judgment. And I had no way kind of went about this with any ill will towards Dark Leary or Phil Hogan or Jerry Buttermer. I mean, they're public representatives, and it's kind of my it's my job to kind of hold them to account. But it definitely wasn't a personal thing. I'm not personally cross with any of them. I think bad judgment is bad judgment and everyone makes mistakes but I just think when you're a public representative you're held to 
a very different standard. Okay, well, well, you and your colleague have broken probably the biggest political story of the year. Aoife Grace Moore from the Irish Examiner, thank you very much for talking to us on the opinion line. That's where it all started. It all started there. Jerry Bottomer was there with his husband, Crahour. They're there on the guest list. I have them here. There was uh, Some people started putting photographs of the guest list around uh, Facebook last night. So we've got a table eight. We've got Pat and Kevin McCartan, Podge Connolly, Michael McQuaid, Senator John Cummins, Senator Jerry Bottomer and Crahour. Let's go to table five. Judge Seamus Wolfe who, as we know, we don't know, was he actually there, but he was on the guest list. Lorraine Higgins was there. The ambassador of Morocco was there. You had on table six, Brian Hayes. Yes, that Brian Hayes and two of his guests. You had, uh, oh Lord, they were all there. Like You name it, Senator Niall Blaney was there. Uh, at the captain's table, Noel Greedish, TD, Minister Dara Kaliri and his wife, well now ex-minister Derek Cleary and his wife, Commissioner Phil Hogan was there, Nolan Bernadette Dempsey uh, is there oh for goodness sake, let us go to line six and take some responses from people to this story Niall, good morning to you Good morning PJ, how are you? Good, how, how, how are you feeling this morning? Uh, to be honest with you, I'm beyond angry at this stage um, I uh along with a lot of many others, have suffered during this um, this pandemic. Um, towards the end of June, my mum passed away, um, non-COVID-related, but I had only seen her once in the three months before she passed um, because I was following the rules. Um, she lived more than five kilometres away from me. Um, and, you know, the last time I saw her, which was just a week before she passed, um, she asked me for a hug, and I said I couldn't because I just wanted to protect her. I wanted to do what I was being told was the right thing to do. And I'll never get a chance to take that back. So when I see what these politicians and public representatives are doing um, and the decisions they're making, then it just, oh, it's just like a kick, a kick in the stomach, to be honest, PJ. Yeah, Niall, that's, that's so heartbreaking. My sincere, sincere condolences on your loss. Thank you. Thank you. And, and that must have been the most agonising moment when your mum asked you for a hug and you couldn't give it to her. Yeah, yeah, it was. Um, she, you know, she was a very, a very tactile person, very huggy person. Um, and, you know, uh, I know that. I, I'm not a particularly tactile person myself, but I know what she was, and, and I knew she needed a hug. Um, but I, you know, I was following the government regulations, the regulations that these people were asking us to follow. Um, and they can't even follow their own, their own regulations. Um, I mean, this wasn't an accident that these people were there. They weren't past the, they weren't walking past the hotel and they tripped in there. They made conscious decisions to go to this event, knowing the numbers, knowing what was involved. Um, and, you know, they're asking us to, to make all these sacrifices, to close businesses, to, you know, to not see family. Um, and, yeah, I, anybody who's a public representative at that event really should check their moral compass and show the rest of this country and the people who they represent um, what kind of a person they really are. Because if they choose to try and ride this out and ignore it and hope it all blows over, well, you know what? Knowing, knowing this country, they might get away with it, but it just shows everybody what kind of a person they are. Yeah. Niall, again, my, my condolences on the last year of your mum. What was her name? 
we're married. And how we're old was she? Sixty-nine. Oh, she was a young enough woman. She was. She young. was. All right. She was. Take care, Niall. Thank you very much. Eighteen fifty seven one five nine nine six, and and our condolences uh, to to his family. Um, Derek Neely issued us or Cleary issued a statement this morning. Uh, it says, "My attendance at Wednesday's event has undermined the effort." I certainly never intended this to be the case. I reiterate my apology to the people of Ireland. Their work and their commitment in this great effort has been immense. I apologise in particular to healthcare workers and their families and to public health officials whose jobs I have inadvertently made more difficult. And again, I apologise to you and all colleagues in government. This is to the Taoiseach. While I mean that apology most sincerely, it is not sufficient. And accordingly, I'm tendering my resignation to you as Minister for Agriculture food and the marine. He issued that statement very early this morning uh, to the newsroom, his local newsroom, in Midwest Radio. He gave them a copy of the letter. Uh, the Taoiseach himself, Michal Martin, has issued a statement saying, confirming that Derek Cleary had tendered his resignation this morning and that he has accepted it. His attendance at the event was wrong and an error of judgment. People all over the country have made very difficult personal sacrifices in their family lives and in their businesses to comply with COVID regulations. The event should not have gone ahead in the manner it did, given the government decision of last Tuesday. So he's now said as well he'll take over the agriculture portfolio himself until such time as the government or the doll resumes following the Easter recess. I would be so bold as to suggest, screw the recess, Michal. Sob the recess. Get them back in next Monday. Get them back in next Monday. There's a lot of work to be done. We don't have time for this recess now. We, we now have a scandal uh, on top of a pandemic. Uh, it's, it's, it's just, it's beyond. Caller says that Derek Cleary did the right thing by resigning, but a lot more of them need to resign as well. Jerry Buttimer is the last look of the Shannon. If one goes, they all need to go. Caller could not attend his great-grandson's christening last Sunday, and he was very upset about it. Jerry Bottomer, we have been trying to contact him since last evening. Jerry listens to this show, or has it listened to for him every day? Jerry, we're here. You know the number. You know our personal numbers. Get in touch with one of us. So far this morning, it appears as if Jerry's phone is off. He, we messaged him last night. We messaged him this morning. It appears his phone would seem to be off. If that's not the case, Jerry, call us. He did issue a statement. He said, I attended an event at the Station House Hotel in Connemara. In light of the updated public health advice, I should not have attended. I apologise for this. In doing so, I'm mindful of the tremendous effort made by everyone since March to try and beat the virus, flattening the curve by adhering to public health advice and lockdown measures. This was a lapse of judgment on my part, for which I sincerely apologise. Is that enough, Suzanne? Good morning. Hi, good morning, PJ. How are you? Hi. I'm, not, I, I, I'm, I'm actually livid here. Yeah, I know, PJ. It was a case of, you didn't know, last night I didn't know whether to be furious or whether to cry. It was just... It's beyond, I think this is probably as big a political scandal as we've ever had, really, to be honest. Anyway, I think that um, everybody is united in the fact that there is a serious problem now um, for government and its ability to lead us through this pandemic. Um, You can't have one rule for the public and different rules for politicians. Politicians have to lead by example. And when you look, PJ, even at the fact that, 
you know, so much money has been invested in social distancing for TDs in the Doyle. I think a D check this morning for me, I think it's 25,000 a day yeah. for... The convention centre. Yeah. Yes. I mean, who's paying for that, PJ? Who do you think? You exactly. are. I am. Exactly. Exactly, PJ. So, you know, there's, it's, it's as big as it can get. Um, now, we have to find a solution to it. What, like, realistically, we have, to, we have to move forward from here. But where do we go? In my opinion, the government can't fall at the moment. As you said, we're in the middle of a pandemic. Much and all, as I would love Simon Harris and Leo to be back in... Would you? I would actually. I think I, I really miss Simon Harris. I mean, I have. I actually do have respect for Stephen Donnelly. I've always admired him, but Simon Harris. I think everything was. We were. It was. It was very clear. I think with the change of government, we most certainly have gone down a black hole. Um, I think we felt most people felt that we were being looked after. Things were in control. Um, they were there is, in control as they can be in a global pandemic with um, Leo and Simon leading us through it. Um, now, we'll see. They can't all be sacked. They can't all resign. Mm. So, where do we go? Yeah, where do um, we go indeed? I mean, yeah. Phil Hogan came from Brussels, we assume. Yeah, he may have been in Ireland. Did he quarantine? There are people exactly. who live in Kildare at the moment. Exactly. They're not supposed to leave Kildare. They were exactly. there. Exactly. Exactly. There's another, actually, another, Pauline, another lady um, on Twitter last night, she's a nurse on the front line, and I just feel so sorry for her, because she is working so hard on the front line in Dublin as a nurse, um, has gone through so much, and her, she's looking after, she's also looking after her 90-year-old father, Um, she has two children, and she was working yesterday with a doctor who was supposed to be getting married today and because he's actually living in Kildare as well he wasn't even able to have a wedding there, you know, he wasn't even able to have the small number you know so I think everybody has has been touched by this if somebody belonged to them hasn't been ill with the virus they have been trying to protect their vulnerable, they have been trying, they've been worrying, I mean look at all the worry about the kids going back to school Jerry. I mean, my God. Yeah. Um, you know, I think, was there not a poll? Was it you did a poll the other day where 75% of parents felt that it, it wasn't, they, they didn't particularly want their children going back to school? I think I quoted it, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, our kids need to go back to school. They need, like, it's essential that they go back to school. But when you see this kind of thing happening, and yet we're all supposed to adhere to really strict rules. Now, the thing about it is, PJ, we're adhering to those strict rules to protect ourselves and our loved ones. That's right. You know, it's not a case of them telling us to do it for the sake of us. Do um, you remember a phrase, Suzanne, where they all told us we are pulling together by staying yeah. apart? Do you remember exactly. that? Yes, yes, PJ. I mean, it's just... I, I don't think, as I said, that there's been a bigger, there's been a bigger scandal. And it's, it's not really about the scandal. I mean, nobody wants the scandal and the gossip of this. You know, we, we want to get through this time. It's just, you know, where, where do we go? Yeah. Most importantly, um, who do we trust? You know, our, exactly. Our politicians have to be whiter than snow now. And they have to lead by example. It's just, if they don't lead by example, we have very. How do how do the how do the guards police? How do parents police their children want to, wanting to party this weekend? They 
there's absolutely no credibility left in any of the rules. And I'm sorry for no. saying that so openly, but there isn't. Absolutely. And yes, PJ, you know, if you want to protect your wife and children, your mum, whoever, you know that the best thing to do is to adhere to the rules. I know. I know. It's, it's, you know, it's crazy. It's just, it's now, ridiculous. one other thing that really annoys me, PJ, is, is that it's the playing with the rules. The fact that, you know, it's 50 people at an, at an event indoors, okay, in the hotel. That was during phase three, okay? So the way the hotel, and I'd be very interested to see what the Hotel Federation actually, what their response, they seemingly it was checked with them and they had the 4536 with this pseudo partition making it two rooms. That kind of thing needs to stop. See, there's a small problem there as well, Suzanne. Even if you try to break the numbers up that way, you also need to remember there were 82 people, so that's two 40s or 30-something. But the 50 includes the staff. Exactly. That's exactly it, PJ. I mean, it's like organising a house party, as somebody said, where you have six people in every room. You know, it's just ridiculous. You know? Um... I, I really don't know. I think Mihal Martin and I think um, Leo, actually, who is very quiet at the moment, I think they're, you know, they're in a very difficult position now. Mm. As Leo to, needs to make a statement too, I think, this morning. There was a lot of Fine at that. There was a lot of Fine at that dinner. There were. There were. You and know? I think, and I hope, that, um, I hope that Jerry, I have a lot of personal respect for, for Jerry. Um, but I, I'm very disappointed. Well, he's gone. To, he's gone to ground this morning, Suzanne. Yeah, exactly, exactly. You know, and I, I just feel, you know, he issued an apology last night on Twitter. Um, that's not enough. It was almost he a carbon copy of Derek Leary's apology. Exactly, exactly. And I think that, you know, where on a personal level you could say, "Oh, you bloody idiot!" Like, I'm sorry. You know, when it's somebody personal to you, but on a professional level, if you're a politician, you're in the public limelight, it's like, PJ, if a doctor went out, you know? Mm. Um, well, there was someone at that last night. There was a, 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 a person at that dinner last night person, who was I a doctor. There was. I think there was. Yeah, there was. And the name, the name has gone out of my head right now, but there was a doctor at that. And he needs to be held to account. And I'm quite sure he's a very red-faced man, or he should be a very red-faced man, and mm. holding his head in shame today. Okay. When his colleagues, you know, and maybe he's been on the front line himself, who knows? And as, um, I think it was, I heard Terry Prone on the radio earlier this morning, and she was saying... You know, at these, and you'd know PJ from going to different, you know, political events where the media would be present, whatever, and where, you know, there might be a, and you said, oh, Jesus, I'm not, you know, this isn't right. There's something wrong here. But you kind of think, okay, well, the ministers are here, and, you know, the EU commissioner is here, so they must be following the rules. Yeah, you would think you know? that you, to and look you at And you kind it. of go in, it's like a herd. They must know, you know what they're you kind doing. Of go yeah. along with it. Yeah. Exactly. So you can see how, you know, in like, it happens, but it, you can't, at the same time, it is on, you know, it's unacceptable. It is. So, so that, I'm going to leave it there because I have six okay. lights, I have Thank six you. lights going and I'm going to have to get to some okay. of them. Take Thanks care, very please. much. That's Suzanne, 1850715996. PJ, we're in the middle of a pandemic. Every person at that function should be named and shamed in all the papers. It's a disgrace and a kick in the teeth for the people of Ireland. Well, pretty much the entire guest list is now available up on Facebook. Pictures, actual pictures of the table plan for the Erectus Golf Society and who was at it uh, and and what they were doing. What they're you don't need that some of the biggest names, some of the great and the good as we would call them, the movers and shakers 
were sitting at those tables. One of the first rules they broke when they sat down. If you go to a restaurant tonight and try to get in there with eight of your pals, the restaurant isn't supposed to give you a table together. The maximum number is supposed to be six. There were ten at a table at this hotel. They claimed that they broke down the partition in the middle. I had a partition in the middle, but they had it open for the speeches. So they had 40 and 40. So two functions. Doesn't work because the number of 50, which was reduced anyway the other night, that includes the staff. 1850-715-996. People are saying there was no Sinn Féin people there. There was no Social Democrats. There was no Greens. Uh, Dr. Michael Harty, that's the man I was thinking of. He was an independent TD for Clare between 2016 and uh, 2020. He's now back to being GP. He didn't stand in the election, but you can stay in the Eroctus Golf Society for as long as you want. Sean O'Rourke was there, the broadcaster. He's a member of the Eroctus Golf Society. There was Pat McCartan was there, a former Workers' Party man. He was, he's a judge now. He's a member of the Eroctus Golf Society. Uh, 1850-715-996 Claire's next The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM With the indoor self-service laundrette Now at the Junction Vickers Road Open every day to save you time and money Selfservicelaundry.ie For 20 minutes of the best music mix And everything Cork On Cork's 96FM All last week we were dishing out the great news About the Cork's 96FM Best of Cork Awards. That's incredible news, Ken. Oh, fantastic. Wonderful news. Oh, my God. That's unreal. And this week, I keep an eye on all things Cork. I've got news from the world of entertainment and music. Check out our daily Facebook question. And I've got Cork's best music mix. Online, on your smart speaker, and on air. Ken Tobin. Weekdays from midday. Cork's 96 FM. This is Cork's Gold Imro Award winning talk show. The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Call us now. 1850 715 On Cork's 96 FM. Caller says, or message says, why is Jerry Buttermer using the statement? It was an error of judgment. The event was planned in advance. He should be sacked. Jerry will keep a low profile for a few days, hoping it'll blow over. Another one, apology is not good enough for me from any of them. As a Fine Gael voter, Jerry should step down. He'll never get a vote from me or my family again. Me and my family can't go out for a meal in case I get this and die. I'm on lockdown for five months and them gobshites do this. Everyone at that function should resign. Somebody else wants to know who is the owner of that hotel. Caller says the government is most insulting to voters today. No respect for them. I'm a grandmother. My grandchildren are going to school. Grandchildren would know better how to run the country. They have a cheek to treat the voters the way that they're doing it. I, I took to Twitter myself last night and I've had a response to a tweet that I've never had a thing since I joined Twitter years ago. But Claire. Good morning, PJ. How are you? Good. Uh, how are you more, more to the point? You've cancelled all sorts I I am livid. I am absolutely livid. I can't. I cannot believe that this is the situation that we're in, where ordinary, normal people going about their day are being having fingers wagged at them down the telly by ministers and by Taoiseach and by second tarnished us and telling us that we're socialising too much and that we're going out to house parties and that we're not pulling together enough and that that's why the numbers are going up and they are throwing themselves golf parties and attending and then calling it an error of judgment 
the judgment that what was the error? Where was the judgment? Their judgment was we can do what we like and the rest of you are to keep up with the rules that we set down. We don't have to. That was where the judgment is. Absolute nonsense judgment, my hoop. And this nonsense of the copy and, copy and paste apologies that they're posting all over the place. One PR firm slapping out a few lines of bollocks and then we're all supposed to just lap it up and say, oh, that's grand, no mistakes were made, sure, we're all doing our best. We aren't all doing our best. Some of us are doing our best and taking the hit. And some of us are out at golf soirees on 96 grand a year. Yeah. I just can't, I cannot believe it. I had to cancel my son's birthday party on the day of the party on the 13th of March. He came down the stairs in his new clothes, ready to go to his party. And I had to tell him, I'm sorry, but we can't do it. There was only going to be five kids at that, eating ice cream and playing bowling. And I still wouldn't have the party because it wasn't safe. We were told it wouldn't be safe. And that was before any restrictions came into place. And telling a six-year-old that he doesn't get a birthday party was, it was crap, but it had to be done. And I'd do it again if I had to. But what, you're telling me a 50-year-old man can't go without a golf buffet? I absolutely cannot believe that we're in this situation. I was at my cousin's funeral last month. And she died really suddenly and she was very young. And her mother was standing beside the coffin and nobody could go up and hug her. Because we were all afraid. We didn't know whether or not we'd get her sick, whether we were breaking rules or what we were supposed to do. And she was standing beside her only child's coffin on her own in the middle of a church with nobody there. And then when we stood outside in the lash of the rain at that mass, the inside of the church was empty looking. And you know what it's like with an empty funeral. You assume the person wasn't loved and she was. We couldn't even show that. We couldn't even show our respect. And these people are at a golf party as a Roxas Gulf Society party because that apparently is important and Dara Cleary saying that he was there to commemorate a person who he admired and respected is a absolute slap in the face to people who didn't get to attend loved ones funerals like your first caller this morning that poor man didn't get to hug his mother and her, her funeral would have had 12 people at it I know. I, absolute disgrace I am disgusted I'm beyond disgusted I'm livid I am absolutely livid. This is not the society that I voted for. One rule for gammony fucking middle, excuse me, Easy. middle-aged men. <laughs> I, I know, beg your pardon. I know. You're all right. I beg your pardon. Uh, yeah, sure yeah. We'll, we'll forgive you on this occasion because I'm close to it myself. Oh, I just, I'm, I'm sorry. I need to get that out. That's okay. <laughs> I just, I am raging. I am raging. We, we all went to the polls back in February and we voted for a completely new shape of government. And, and, and that caused a huge delay in forming a government. And it was exciting to see. and It was interesting. And I was going, I wonder, is this going to change things? And Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael got into government together. That You saw that they were the two parties represented, apart from one Labour senator, I believe, at that Gulf party. There was all Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael. They were all there together. And don't tell me that Leo Varadkar and Micheál Martin didn't know that that was on, that that event was on. Of course, I mean, I'm fairly sure now they had an idea that that was on. And I'm sure there was more people invited and they only had what RSVP'd on that guest list. But I I, are on the table plan. I'm sure there was far more invited. Well, here's two other people that were at it that you might not have heard of. Well, you might have heard of Seamus Wolfe. Yes. Form, the Attorney return. General who yeah. wrote the legislation yes. that we've all had to abide by yes. by the last now, few now, whether he turned up or not, we can't ascertain, but he was yeah. there, supposed to be there on Table 5. And another man who you may definitely not have heard of is a man called John Flaherty. John Flaherty is the captain of the Guard. He's the most senior security and protocol official in Leinster House. Oh, God. And he was there. 
Well, sure, look, I mean, that just shows it all, doesn't it? I mean, that's exactly... The, the people who are tasked with enforcing the laws that they also themselves write were all in that room together. Where's the separation of powers? Why was Sean O'Rourke from RTE on, in the Oireachtas mm. His wife works for Charlie Flanagan. Right. So we're supposed to believe that the media... And I think, he, in fairness, I think Sean is like, a golfer and I think he's a member of... Sean is a member of the Oireachtas Golf Society since he was a political correspondent. So that's how that right. plays in. Yeah. Okay. Um, and the Attorney General, who amazingly wrote all this and uh, wrote all these legislations that we've all, we've all been abiding by, we've all been hitting checkpoints and been turned around by guards because our, our journey wasn't essential enough. And and he what resigned, and two weeks later he's appointed to the Supreme Court, and now he's a Supreme Court judge who's also there. Again, separation of powers, uh, the judiciary and the politics are supposed to be separate. Mm-hmm. And then he's sitting at the Erastus Gall Society meal, which possibly, or possibly attended it, as I said, we don't know, which would break the legislation that he wrote. Well, his, name, his, name, is there, his name is there sitting around a table, a table of ten when the max at the moment is six. That was the first mm-hmm. breach. Um, Gavin Riley from Virgin Media had a very interesting thread on Twitter last night about the legal implications here. Uh, and we will we will talk more about that in a minute. Claire, thank you very much, and and you're completely forgiven for for your little outburst. Because to be honest, I think a lot of people are close to it this morning. I mean, I took to Twitter last night, right? I wondered last night. I wondered if I've been wasting my breath and my energy, not to mention my time and my listeners' time for the past six months. Like we were saying, wash your hands, keep your distance, wear your mask, avoid crowds, don't take risks. We asked people to stay at home, to go out if they only had to. And every new set of rules as they came out, we tried to present them clearly and carefully. We took the advice of the doctors, the scientists, my team here, Fergal, Deirdre, the others, have worked seven days a week at times to cover this pandemic in the best way we could. Our listeners, people like Claire, they, they cancelled their weddings, birthdays, holidays, graduations. They didn't see loved ones for months. They mourned the passing, like Claire did, relatives and friends. Facebook, that's all they had. They sacrificed their most precious moments because they were told sagely and seriously that this is what they have to do. That we're all in this together. And yes, while ordinary people did as they were asked, while elderly people stayed at home trying to learn how to Zoom when all they wanted was a hug, business people, staff, entertainers, musicians, thousands of others saw their livelihoods just ruined. Nurses, doctors, carers, thousands of others on the front line. They worked themselves into the ground. This shower that claims to be all in it with us, what were they doing? They were preparing for a golf outing and a slap-up dinner for 80 people. I don't know about you. I don't know about you, but I think I've been taken for a mug. Jerry Buttimer is gone to ground this morning. We sent him messages. We peppered him with messages last night asking him to come on the show this morning. He issued a brief statement. That's all he did. And as far as we can gather, his phone is off right now. Um, but Jerry's gone to ground. So he is. We've never seen, lads, uh, such a flood of, of fury 
uh, from our from our listeners. D, uh, they are livid, our listeners, this morning. Yeah, the calls, PJ, are coming thick and fast and people are just furious. Like, everybody is universally furious, upset, very, very emotional. People calling, telling me, um, a lot of older people particularly calling, saying they miss their grandchildren's birthdays, they've missed communions and confirmations. One lady rang there whose granddaughter was six today. Um, she can't go down to the house because there's too many of them in the family, so they're just not allowed in. Um, there was somebody rang who had buried a number of their friends during the pandemic but obviously couldn't go to any of their funerals um, people are asking did the likes of Phil Hogan self-isolate when he came from Brussels um, people are asking about the Taoiseach and Taunisha, whether they knew about this event beforehand um, Graham texted to say on recent guidelines we've cancelled half of my soon to be three year old's birthday and still have more people to uninvite I couldn't set foot in the church at my mother-in-law's funeral but these numpties can toddle off to play golf with each other while the plebs are the only ones in this together. I wish I knew this when I met the Taoiseach yesterday. The barefaced cheek of our elected and unelected officials resigning ministries doesn't come close. Actually resign your seat. Um, another texter says Michal Martin should have shown you his boss and sacked the two ministers but he sung dumb and let them resign. Now I gather the strategy for Derek Leary this morning was intending to be a round of interviews mm. um, and he resigned before he was ever allowed near the radio so I'd imagine Michal Martin did actually intervene there. Um Ben says Claire speaks for all of us who are doing our best to keep going in these crazy times Neve is listening in the Middle East she says I'm listening to this from the Middle East and I'm disgusted with that gathering of government people I have elderly parents in Ireland who stayed in for months and months as they followed government guidelines couldn't see anyone and now this is disgusting they should all be sacked and lose their pensions and what about the people who flew in for the event did they have to quarantine they had no regard for anyone not even at the staff at the hotel who had to work for this illegal event the powers that be now have to stand up and sack them all Now you mentioned the illegal event Dee mm. let's, let's cut into that for a second yeah. There, there is a breach of law here. Yeah, there is. So people are saying, you know, the new regulations, the old regulations. So the regulations about six people and all of that, these latest set of regulations are not actually enforced yet. So this would still be governed by the older regulations. Um, there is a fine, I think, of two and a half thousand euro and as potentially a six month jail sentence for people found to organise events in breach of the guidelines. Now, a couple of people have phoned this morning asking, will anybody actually be punished or investigated for this? For regard to investigation to follow something like this, somebody has to go to a guard station and make a complaint. Um, they can't investigate based on media reports, they don't investigate based on social media reports, even if the evidence is there in front of them. There has to be a complaint made and um, I, I remember there have been a couple of political cases like this where people have made complaints. You have to have standing to make the complaint. So I don't understand necessarily what that would entail in a situation like this. Possibly being a citizen of the country, following the public health guidelines and being at risk from people spreading COVID might be enough to give you standing to make a complaint. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see if any of the opposition TDs go to a guard station to make the complaint because that has happened in these kind of political situations before. Um, I, a couple of people have said by text that Sinn Féin are being very quiet about this, presumably because of the funerals Obby that have been attended by yeah. Sinn Féin politicians. Mm. Um, also worth noting that there was nobody from the Social Democrats at this event or the Greens Um Fianna Gael, Fianna Fáil, a couple of independents and I think somebody mentioned one Labour senator but I don't know if that's true. Mm. I, I couldn't identify them from the list. Um, so in order for something to happen there has to be a Garda investigation but someone has to make a complaint for that. Um, a couple of people asking if the hotel is still open this morning. I rang them, they are. Um, again, this only took place on Wednesday night so if there was an investigation or anything, obviously these things take some time. Um, Martina says, she called in to say, I'm very upset with what I heard this morning. I was in the maternity of the CUH for 
gynecological reasons and they wouldn't allow my son in on Saturday for just mm-hmm. 15 minutes. They moved me to the main hospital. Then it was one visitor for each patient. I thought to myself, I will jump out the window if this goes on and I signed myself out because I did not feel safe. I'm terrified of COVID. The government are not taking public health seriously. The staff are run off their feet. She says something which I think will will hit home with a lot of people. I don't know who is going to run the country now. We are running out of options. <laughs> there's, a, there's a certain resonance in that. Dee, thanks, um, thanks. I'm going to go to, to Orla, who's online too. Uh, Orla, good morning to you. Uh, how are you, PJ? How are you feeling? Oh, extremely disappointed. I suppose underneath all of it, there's a lot of anger, really over the sacrifices that so many of us have made. Over what's what's your own situation? Can you um, get a bit closer to the phone, maybe? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm standing right by the window. Hopefully you can hear a little bit better now. That's um, great. So I suppose, like, for me, um, I, I, I've talked to yourself there before. I'd be classed as extremely medically vulnerable underneath the cocooning guidelines. So we spent two months of um, two months earlier this year not leaving the house. And because the guidelines really don't consider people under 70 and people who are in multi-generational households, um, who are extremely radically vulnerable, our, our whole family had to cocoon. So my little girl went from walking to preschool every day to um, to no walking to preschool, no running around preschool, no going to the playground, no seeing anybody. Um, and I, I have to say, it, it did have a major impact, even just on my mental health, um, just, just to be able to, to not be able to leave the house at all. It was very, very difficult. And, um, and and I'm still trying to recover from that. And um, I recently, like, even I had to go back to physio because I had had to get help um, because m- my body had started to react to not having physical activity. Mm. And I think there, w- there was a lot of people in public health were talking about the impact on older people. And actually, I'm I'm relatively young, and it has an impact on me. So I can only imagine how difficult it must be for older people to have had to do what I did too. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. and people, you know, older people who were terrified. Oh yeah, and I was too. Yeah. I, I went to put the bin out one night and I think <laughs> I think back to it you know you kind of think it's ridiculous and I was it was, I went out in the dark and I, I was nearly afraid of the air outside uh, you know it, it seems ridiculous now but anxiety doesn't really um, isn't really rational <laughs> you know it's so I, you know it's all these things the, the, the pulling the shoes off the moment you get in the door the, the, the anxious washing of hands the, the you know just the, the basic terror and on one day um, I have to go to CUH on a regular basis for infusions for the condition I have it's actually what makes me immune compromised and we couldn't get the car to start and in the end I had to walk to the hospital because we couldn't you know when you do your own risk assessment taxis can't do that bus can't do that so I walked to the hospital from my house in South Parish Um, you know and every time as I walked on the streets I just snart like you know people coming towards you having to step into people's driveways you know walking up that road up to the Wilton Roundabout any normality that you had in March of this year has been ripped from you uh, yeah, it has. And I have no end in sight. Um, like even things like, you know, opportunities, um, work opportunities that might come my way, training opportunities, things where they're talking about in-person, um, in-person events, um, in-person training. I, I have to then disclose to people the, my status. I have to tell people I, I can't participate in that. I can't be part of that because if I have this thing and like, if you met me on the street you'd go there's a, a rel- you know I'm not that young but relatively young fit healthy looking person B- people don't see that so they, they make assumptions about you you have an, you unseen, you have an unseen condition like many hundreds of thousands of people oh, yeah exactly but your one is yeah. severe you, you, you've had your life sacri- you've had to sacrifice your life for the last six months and, and then you see 82 of these great and the good so called sitting around tables in, in, a, in a hotel in Clifton 
I think I think it's very difficult, and 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 from the perspective of being a constituent of one of them, I I, I think someone who I, I've I've had a great time for, and and I think is a is a is a very good community worker and public representative, and I think it's, it, there's a lot of anger today. There's a lot of people who've missed funerals. There's a lot of people I haven't seen my family, uh, most of my family since Christmas. They live in Kildare. Oh my God. Um, my, we had made a plan that my parents would drive here every two weeks, you know, because we knew lockdowns were probably going to happen again. And that we, I've seen them once since since Christmas. And yeah. um, you know, we, they came and they sat in the garden. And, and my mother is um, is also would be extremely medically vulnerable. So um, she's under seventy. But you know, yeah. I I don't know if if something will happen now. I don't know will I get to ever get to see them again because you know with somebody with those kind of um, in a vulnerable position like that health wise you never know when somebody can take a, a, a turn downwards you know you don't you, don't, um, don't. you know I, I think it's, there's an awful lot of anger out there today and I don't know if we have it in our hearts and when and I think there's a, there is a certain level of grief in the community at the moment because I think we, we have done so much everybody has done so much you know but people I think every time when you say how difficult it is you kind of have to put a, a proviso on it and say but it's for our own it, good but it was never it was, I didn't have to sacrifice as much as the nurses I didn't have you know there's all these spaces where we yeah. say oh it was never that bad but the, no the, the choices we had to make Orla no matter how hard they were and they were far harder for, for some than for others. We yeah. said, well, you know what? It's for our own good and it's for the good of those around us. And, and that's all seems to be for naught now. I'm going to leave it there because I have loads of commercials to clear and all that. Orla, thank you so much for your call. Uh, Joanne, I may need you to wait for a few minutes. We'll see how it goes. 1850 Catherine's in tears. She's on WhatsApp listening to this. How dare they? We as a family are racked with guilt that we couldn't be with our beautiful young sister who passed away on her own after spending two weeks in hospital with no familiar face in her final hours, one word, disgusted. The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan on Corks 96 FM. Okay, thanks, Moraid. We can actually put some flesh on the bones of that story now. Senator Jerry Buttimer has issued a statement, uh, and on Twitter he has. Uh, tweeted a copy of a letter that he has written this morning to the Cahirlach of the Shannad, uh, Senator Mark Daly. Uh, Jerry Buttimer is the last Cahirlach of the Shannad, and I'm going to read it to you in full. I'll take a few more calls on this, and um, we also do have some good news coming in to the show today. Some lovely news, I promise you. It's, it's just a very, very angry morning. People are livid. They are furious. They are hopping up and down. They are throwing things. Uh, throwing just temper tantrums and they're justified in having temper tantrums because of what happened up in that hotel in Clifton but anyway, dear Cahirluck writes Senator Jerry Bottomer it was an honour to be elected last Cahirluck of Shannon Aaron but my attendance at a dinner event in Galway this week has compromised the government at a time when people across every sector of Irish society are doing their best to keep all safe during a global pandemic it was an unintended but serious lapse of judgment in attending the event. I should not have attended the dinner, and I hereby tender my resignation as last Cahirluck of Shannon to the Cahirluck of the 26th Shannon. I apologise unreservedly for my action this week. For the past six months, the country has worked together to defeat COVID-19. It's an ongoing battle, and our collective societal response is important, and our individual actions matter. I wish everyone success in this fight. 
that's his resignation statement as Lascar Hearlock of the Shannon uh, issued this morning by Senator Jerry Buttimer. Uh, with all this in the news, please tell me that Minister Cleary doesn't get a ministerial pension for his five minutes. No, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. He wouldn't. You have to serve a certain amount of time. Uh, Rippy says on Twitter, why aren't these politicians resigning their seats rather than just their positions in government and Shannon? It's, it's, a, it's a question, Rippy. I, I don't know the answer to it. I don't believe they actually have to. They've been elected and are entitled to serve until they're... Uh, until they lose their seat in, in an election. that's It's like something Trump would do. We're a laughing stock. Someone's been clarifying the position with regard to... We mentioned, we thought there was a Labour person there. The only Labour person was a former Senator, Lorraine Higgins, uh, who last sat in the Shannon in 2016 and is no longer a party member. Mick is on his way to West Cork. I'm disgusted at what's happening with this golf piss-up that went on. They should all be fired, every one of them, and take their pensions off them too. They have no respect for anyone. I think the pubs should all come together now and just open and let the government F off. One for, rule for them and one rule for us. Thanks, PJ. And with this message, uh, we asked the person to come on the air, but they're not able to. Uh, I got a COVID-19 fine of €2,500. A detective called to my house, made me sign a form and sent a file to the DPP. I was going to see my pregnant partner, who lives 10 kilometres from me, during the 5K restrictions. Wow. Right, thank you for holding, Joanne. Good morning. Hi. Hi, PJ. How are you? Good, good. We've had that breaking story now since you were due to come yeah. on with me of Jerry Buttimer yeah. uh, yeah. stepping down as Lasca here, look. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I, I think really, you know, uh, I, I can't, I, it, it's hard to sort of, I suppose, express. Um, I can't understand, like, how people are make that error in judgment in going to these um, events um, clearly, we're not all in this together. I mean, it, 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 you, you know, I I have had weddings cancelled, you know, in in the last few weeks, like because of reintroduced restrictions, like, and as you saw from my tweet, um, like we were up in the local shops uh, the last two days running, like and we were stopped at the the pills. Myself and my son with special needs because we were. And not allowed to have two people together at the till. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now, my son has an intellectual disability mm-hmm. and autism. And, you know, he understands in a limited way the regulations. Yeah. And yet our elected officials, you know, have you know, uh, this vagueness about them, that they can't understand it, that they're, you know, that they're at liberty to do this. You know, the question you have to ask yourself is, they're all going on about error of judgment in attending Dara Caleri, now now Jerry Buttimer, an error of judgment in attending. I I would have to put it to to anybody that organising the blasted thing was an error of judgment. Well, I, Let alone going to it. It is. I, it, it's definitely. Well, it, it's clearly an error. Not only is it an error in judgment, it's a deliberate error in judgment. You have to go out and you have to organise it. Yeah. You have to. You have to know. Like it's not like we had. We have wall to wall coverage of guidelines for COVID nineteen. You can't go out into a shop. Yeah. 
for the last five and a half months. It's playing constantly uh, over the airwaves. Yeah. It's on bus stops. It's inside buses. It's in everywhere you go. And they didn't understand that. Yeah. They either I didn't mean, understand or didn't care. They didn't want to understand it. It is one law for them and one law for us. And we are not all in this together. And I think that it, that brings that home. And I can tell you, like, I am very angry about it. I am very upset. We have had five and a half months of, you know, literally lockdown, in, confined to our houses, restricted when we go out, constant playing of this message, a negative message over and over again. It has severely impacted people who have, um, who are vulnerable, whose mental health is vulnerable. Um, when it started first, we had approximately three weeks of my son just repeating to himself COVID-19 over and over, whispering it to himself. I mean, it was literally three, three weeks of a nervous breakdown as he processed what was going on. Everything whipped away from under him. No school, no social activities, everything gone. And then for our politicians, and it isn't only one, it's, every, it's across all parties, everywhere. They all, you know, they've all acted in this way. You had Sinn Féin who were going up to funerals. Yeah. You know, like, I, I, I can't understand this. Like, why... You know, when are they going to act? You know what I hear in your voice, uh, Joanne, and and it's in a lot of my college voices this morning, speechlessness. I am actually speechless. I really can't express it. And when we were up in the the shop yesterday, two days running now, we were asked at the tills why we needed to stand together. Now, I'm going up to that same shop now for the last 10 years. They know me in and out with my son since he was three years of age. And to be stopped at a till by a shop assistant and asked to explain yourself. I guarantee you that Jerry Buttermore wasn't asked to explain himself anywhere. I guarantee you that. And I'll tell you another thing. We had... um, the, the Lord Mayor out then a few days ago up around the shopping centre all the local councillors are boost, boosting uh, local business like you know where's what, what you know you have that on one level and on the other level then you have the shop systems coming, ask, coming up and asking us basically what's your diagnosis and why, why do you need to do this yeah yeah. It's a huge invasion of privacy. Yeah. And on on top of everything else, then they like my son does not know his diagnosis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You yeah. know, why why do I have to suddenly um have to, to to bring all of this out in the you, open. You have to in have a conversation a in front of them that you I, never I, wanted to. And fr- yeah, and in yeah, front I of strangers. That. And how do you process that? And how does he process that going forward? Yeah, there's so many so many questions. It's that. on so many levels. No, I do have to say, in fairness, now I spoke to the manager, and he is retraining the 
the staff. Well, people will make mistakes, and if they only make them once and don't make them again, then then you know you've got you've got to forget. Fair that. enough. You, but the, I, but you see, PJ, I think the the way that this has been handled now is that we have we have such a a, a disconnect between what is out there uh, from guidelines, what the government are doing, and what the people expect, and what the people are doing. Yeah. Yeah, like, it's, it's become it's you know become, it's become we've a had huge compliance with um, like you go on any bus everybody's masked we've had huge compliance and we the people suppressed this virus but then the government didn't fulfil their half of the bargain which was to tackle personal protective equipment in all our uh, um, hospitals nursing homes care facilities. They didn't tackle what was going on in any congregated settings. So you had uh, people going in who were living in uh, close quarters and housing, then going in and caring in nursing homes and co- other congregated settings. Yeah, and yeah. it's just it's, it's just been it's just been an, an absolute mess. I have loads more callers to get to, Joanne. I really appreciate your waiting for me until after the news, and 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 thank you very much. That's Joanne, eighteen fifty, seven one five nine nine six. Tom said, PJ said, make mistakes. These aren't mistakes; they're intentionally done. That word mistake is a cover. They knew what they were doing. Brian Gould says, dig out an old song by Madness called Embarrassment. Play it for them all. I wish I could, Brian. I wish I could, but I don't get to pick the music, unfortunately. Uh, yeah, but I I know the song, and God, I wish I could play it. Mary, seventy four. She's cocooning. The doll has to be recalled by Monday, and everyone has to be accountable, even the hotel. I'm fuming these selfish, horrible gobshites. Sack this so-called government. It really is a case of we will do what we want, and we, you'll do what you're told. The masses now need to wake the hell up and take a stand. Uh, when people can't, don't adhere to the COVID restrictions, they're threatened with fines or even prison. Those people should not only be stripped of their entitlements, but should pay hefty fines. After all, the country needs the money. 1850-715-996. Joe, uh, your, co- your customers are cocooning. Hi, Joe. Oh, hi, PJ. Sorry, I was actually helping one of my customers out the door. They are, PJ, and you know what's really upset me now, PJ? The last six weeks I've been running the salon like a military operation, not making money, just having customers in two at a time, one out in the car. Do you know what I mean? If one of my customers finish, they're out the door straight away, and next thing, one of my other customers come in, and it's soul-destroying for them. They can't have a chash, they can't have a cup of tea, they can't have a read of a magazine and now they're being these are the older ones now the ones over 70 terrified they're going to be locked down again and now what's after happening with these guys is disgraceful it's one rule for one and one rule for the smaller guy here I am trying to run a business six weeks into it not making money just covering our heads trying to keep the girls in jobs and having three or four in the salon as a timer before I was up 12 or 13 it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. Hey, PJ, and you know something, and I'm conscious of it the whole time, kind of, if we have an inspection, everything has to be perfect, everything has to be done right, and, you know, people are coming in, they're nervous, they're wearing, I'm okay, Joe, and they're nervous, and they'd love to go over and have a chat with their friend, Loretta, or whatever, whoever's in the salon, you know what I mean? And they can't. Yeah. They have to go out again, and there's no bit of banter, there's no bit of crack, and they're willing to do it. 
you know, for the greater good of us all, and we're all in solidarity. There and then go. this goes on. Then this goes on. Do you not agree, PJ? Oh, <laughs> listen, Joe. <laughs> You'll get no argument from me there. Like I said a while ago, I feel like we've all been taken from mugs, following the rules, reiterating the rules. You know, telling people it's for our own good. It's horrible, but it's the right thing to do. I'm, I was blue in the face from saying this. I've, you know. And PJ Darren's dad is in hospital at the moment now, and we're going to visit him through a window. You know what I mean? Literally looking in the window at the poor man and his soul destroying again. But PJ, before you go, I'll tell you one quick funny story go if you on. don't mind. I'm, we're so passionate here about bleaching and cleaning places. I was doing a client there recently, right? And the hair was a little dry at one side. Well, I started dampen it down. Off I dampened it down. And what did I damp it down with? Spray bleach. Go on, you beauty. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be a, she has the cleanest be... ear inside of her hair now in Cork. It'll be the, the last <laughs> time cleaning that mess up. Joe, thanks a million. Yeah, bye bye. Take care. That's Joe Bourne, 1857 Sinead is on WhatsApp. I'm so upset and I'm so angry. It seems to be one rule for them and one rule for us. My brother's wedding was cancelled in May. My husband's aunt passed away in April. We stood outside the church due to the restrictions. She died alone with pictures of her family around her. Every ad I hear on radio is that we're in this together. How can any politician stand by that statement? Now, more to come. The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With the indoor self-service laundrette. Now at the Junction Vickers Road. Open every day to save you time and money. Selfservicelaundry.ie I won't press the red button. Why should they put the red button there if you're not allowed to press it? I feel like it's like when an animal sees like an orange and black frog and knows not to eat it. Frog? Hey. Are you actually comparing our Saturday show to a bear not eating a frog? I'm just saying that's why I don't press the red button. Got me feeling so good. Lorraine and Demi. Lorraine and Demi. Live. If you want to hear me trying to figure out what's going on in Demi's brain, Saturdays, tune in to us to see what else Demi figures out. <laughs> Lorraine and Demi. Live. Saturdays, 2 to 6 p.m. On the best music made. Corks 96 FM. This is Corks Gold Imro Award winning talk show. The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Text or WhatsApp now. 0833 On Corks 96 FM. This is interesting. There's a statement from the Gardaí. It says, On Garda Shikona is investigating an event that was held in County Galway on the 19th of August 2020 into alleged breaches of the Health Act 1947, Section 31A, Temporary Restrictions, COVID-19, Number 3, Regulations 2020. As this is an active investigation, Garda Shikona has no further comment. That is all that the Garda Press Office has said, but it looks like they are investigating it. I mean, unless there was another event like that going on somewhere. 1850-715-996. Jesus, I wouldn't like to be answering the phones in your place this morning. Thank God it's Friday, otherwise you'd have had days of it. We are happy to take people's calls, trust me, because I don't think in, in all the years I'm sitting here, and it's it's going on for seven years now. And in all Deirdre's years sitting here in Fergal, I don't think we have ever heard such angry callers, such furious callers, and such terribly upset callers as we've had since nine o'clock this morning. Labour Party Councillor John Maher. John, good morning. Morning, Peter. How, how do you feel about this as a, as a newbie, shall we say, to the political world? 
Um, you know what? I'm like I, a newbie, but I understand people's frustrations. I understand why people think that politicians are all the same. I understand why people don't trust us. I understand why people think, God, look at them. They're all that. It's so frustrating. It's, it just drives me mad. Last night, I came home from at a scope. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Meeting. Um, we had first of all, I had to get all the texts from parents, right, telling me that they're all abiding by all the COVID, uh, the COVID regulations, and then what that does for me as a leader is that that determines whether we meet over one hour or two hours, depending on our numbers, because obviously fifteen is the new guideline. We then, because we're doing everything right. And of course, typical uh, Murphy's Law is that we meet, we meet at 7 and at 6.58 last night the heavens opened and it started whizzing down on top of us. The way I looked at that was that, listen, if we ran a hike, we'd be getting wet. A good jacket, put up your hood. So 8 o'clock came, it still was raining, we hadn't gone indoors, we were soaked to the bone. And as I drive home in my car, I hear this. And then you have to scratch your head and go... All week, right, we've been hearing, and it was on your show earlier on the week, you know, we had this young versus old, and, and you know, that debate. And then you go and say, what the hell? We gave young people a, a, an opportunity, an outlet last night, to, can, to get back to some sort of normal, right? Yes, there's challenges in front of us, but we, we address them. And then you hear this on the other side. Yeah. You hear that we'll have a dinner. We, you heard it all morning, PJ. We all want to go out and have meet up with friends. We all want to meet up with our loved ones. 
you know, there's people in far worse positions than I am that can't see loved ones because of hospital. We're trying to get our communities back in this new reality. And I think, I look at GA clubs, soccer clubs, I've heard all week, ballet, dance, you name it. Everybody is doing, the majority, sorry, is doing what's asked of them. And then we have this. And, And PJ, we can have all the resignations we want, but this is a direct plea to government. Get back up to Dublin and open up the doll. Take this serious and give us some vision and leadership because this. Michael Martin has said this morning that he's taking over the agricultural portfolio himself until the doll resumes. It's not due back until the fifteenth of September. PJ, I, I, I'm genuinely, I'm asking Michael Martin, I'm asking government to get back to the doll because remember tonight we will have another announcement of increasing cases potentially or people dying. The vision that they've set out is not working. People are not inside. I can train with 15 people on a Wednesday, but if I'm a GA coach, I can go out on a Saturday and 30 people can bait the head off each other on the field. You know, we're all in this together, and I know people don't believe that, but we are, and that's the only way... We're well, going you to know why this. they don't believe it, John, I, because oh, of what no, happened I, up in Clifton. I do, PJ, and that's what I'm saying now, is that the government need to get up, need to show leadership, and they need to get the train back on the track because we are at a crossroads, right? And, and, and we do need it. We have so many people around our community in Cork, in, in the country, doing the right thing. And now we need our leaders to get back in the doll, put their hands up if there's a couple of, you know, there's a couple of things there that don't make sense. I, I'll, I'll admit it, down in the scout hall, we probably made a mistake but not for the want of trying. And then you pick up and you say, OK, guys, that all worked last night, but we need to tweak this. Yeah. That's allowed. But this idea of going up and having a dinner with 80 people, mm-hmm. and then even that we're having this conversation, knowing tonight there is going to be another announcement, potentially with increased cases yeah. and deaths. And we haven't addressed the meat factories, the mushroom factories, direct provision, the, the things that are looking at us right in the eyes, yeah. and we yeah. haven't addressed them, but yes, you know, and, and the big thing is, so resign, 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 but get back to the doyle, okay. get a vision, and start leading. All right, John, leave it there. That's John Maher, Labour Party councillor, one of many people, uh, but he's a public representative calling on the res- immediate resumption of the doll. As someone who has known Michal Martin since he was first elected as a councillor, let alone the Lord Mayor of Cork, I've known Michal Martin a very, very long time. And if he's listening to me right now, Michal, you are losing the dressing room. If you don't get the doll back next week, you'll have lost it. You are losing the dressing room. You are losing what support you had. Your government is falling apart at the seams unless you grab it by the scruff and get back into Leinster House on Monday. I I don't think anybody would disagree with me. On that, Ashton. Good morning to you. Good morning. How are you? <laughs> I, I, I. You tell me how you are. <laughs> um, I don't think I can actually say what I really feel. It's just the rage. Um, so I'm coming at this from the wedding point. So I'm self-employed and I do um, bridal hair, and my heart, my hand on heart, is honestly broken for every single couple that has had to make this very, very tough choice of cutting back numbers or post 
postponing their like date out as far back to like 2022 because of these utter idiots that have put us in the situation that we are now. It's just horrific. Like, it's just mad. And like, I will say this, like, like I'm sure for every wedding supplier in the in the country, this is just like being being shown the middle finger. It's just it's just a kick in the teeth for wedding couples and wedding companies. It's just sickening to the core. And and so many people in the entertainment industry, in the music business, yeah. in the events game, so many well, people. It's just like it's just like the conversations that I've had with like brides. So about Right, so let's be so about eighty-five to ninety percent of my weddings for this year are totally gone. So that's a huge drop, you know. But the conversations that I've had with like with like brides, like it's just the upset of the worry, the sort of stress, the financial stress, the excite, the excitement is gone. It's just. I'm absolutely raging. Like, the utter rage yeah. is bonkers. But it even goes, like, um, going back to families that couldn't be with people when they passed. Yeah. It even pushes back to dads that can't be in a hostel when their new baby's born. Do, do you know? And these... Yeah, I actually need to calm down before I say something. Do you know, like, really bad. To be fair, Ashling, I, I totally get where you are because I was literally. Thanks for the call. I was literally pacing the house last night with my hands up to my head, going, "What in the name of God is wrong with them? What is the matter with them, Bernie?" Good morning. Peter. What is the matter with them, girl? I'm just, I'm so, I'm angry, I'm speechless, I, I'm, in, I'm kind of in a shock. Um, I live on my own. Mm-hmm. I have kept to every rule since lockdown, since the start of the year. I went nearly three months without seeing any friends. Yeah. And I, the isolation and the loneliness of that, it has left, I'd say, an effect, and it's taking time to, to build up again. And... You know, I, I suffered depression for years. I put everything, everything into the lockdown to keep myself well. I went for walks. I, I you know, I went, made sure I just went for little walks every day. I did meditation. I did everything to keep myself well. And the loneliness and the isolation. And to think that it's like, it, 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 you know, I, I couldn't use the language I want to use, PG, either. Yeah. I just couldn't. It, yeah. It's, you know, it, it's like a, a real kick to us. Yeah. You know, and they came out on Tuesday and they told elderly people to restrict their 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 contacts. How yeah. dare they? Just how dare they? They sent you back home again, yeah. and then, in actual fact, that was the nineteenth of uh, August was Wednesday. On the eighteenth, yeah. they sent you back home again, effectively, yeah. and on the nineteenth, they went off on the piss in Clifton. Yeah. At, at a golf they? at a golf dinner. How dare they? How dare they? Yeah. You know. I mean, the elderly people have, 
you know, I know someone in their 80s and I know someone in their 90s and to think that they have kept every rule and then they came out of Tuesday and told them to restrict their movements, don't go on transport, how oh dare, and go to, go to uh, designated shopping hours early in the morning. Mm. How dare they? How and their golf they? clubs on the side of the office waiting to go as they did it. Yeah. I mean, it's not premeditated. I mean, it's it's not a judgment of error. They know what's going to do it. They know it. Like, they they should be fired. Their their money should be taken off of them. Okay. I mean, we had, like, we had a homeless man uh, dying here in our street last week, and how many homeless people probably didn't have a a lovely gentleman. I was listening to his interview the day he gave it. Uh, My heart was breaking for him. And you know, there's not a word about him. There's not a word about all the homeless people that might have been out in the streets this week in the rain. And they're at golf club. Where's the money? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Bernie, thanks very much. 1850-715-996. Sean Murray, who works for uh, Euronews. Shona says the EU Commissioner Phil Hogan's office says the Commissioner did attend the event in anticipation that government guidelines would be complied with and he had complied fully with quarantine requirements prior to attending the event to which my question to big phil would be well phil if you attend the event thinking that the guidelines would be complied with and as they handed you your starter you realized there was more in the room than should have been and all of the rules were being choked into the waste paper basket before your very eyes why did you continue to eat your dinner? That would be my question. 1850 Chris is next. The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With the Junction, Vickers Road, Supermarket, Solid Fuel Depot and a self-service laundrette. Your one stop for everything. Access all areas on Cork's 96FM. Your guide to nightlife on the side. Hi, it's Michael here with an update on Cork's entertainment. Cork's songwriter John Black has two live shows coming up at the Kino on Washington Street, both taking place on Saturday, August 25th. Due to social distancing guidelines, there are limited tickets available for both shows, now available at KinoCork.com. Access all areas. To keep our listeners up to date with some of the rescheduled shows coming up at Cypress Avenue, Koala will now play the venue on Sunday, November 22nd. Irish grunge outfit Fan Club returns to Cork on Thursday, November 26th. And soulful Cork songwriter Brian Deedy is due to play again on Friday, December 11th. Access all areas. Feel free to let us know at Access All Areas if you have a rescheduled show coming up or any live streaming events by emailing aaa at 96fm.ie. Access all areas. Your guide to nightlife on the side. On Cork's 96FM. This is Cork's Gold Imro Award winning talk show. The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Call us now. 1850 715 On Cork's 96FM. So we've had the resignation of the Minister for Agriculture accepted by the Taoiseach who will now take over that portfolio himself. We've had the resignation of the last Cahirlach of the Shannad, uh, Jerry Bottomer. Both of course will remain on as TDs. That, that, that's how this thing rolls. From late last night and early this morning we had requests in for Jerry Bottomer uh, who hasn't come back to us. We had requests in for Simon Coveney who hasn't come back to us. We had requests in for the Taoiseach himself Michal Martin, uh, who hasn't come back to us. The first man to come back to us 
the first member of Cabinet to come back to us has been the Minister for Public Enterprise or Public uh, Expenditure, Michael McGrath. Minister, good morning to you. Hi, PJ. Good morning to you. What have you got to say, Michael? Ah, look, I mean, I just want to apologise to everyone that this happened. This should never have happened. Uh, this event should not have taken place. Uh, I haven't been able to listen to your show uh, earlier this morning, PJ, but I, I can imagine that there is a lot of anger among the public who have made huge sacrifices, uh, and you know all about them. People not atten- able to attend funerals of loved ones, um, weddings cancelled, holidays booked, people have lost a lot of money, people have lost their jobs, and... People have paid a very high price uh, in contributing to the national effort uh, to fight this terrible disease, and it is a terrible disease. And so anything that undermines the government message and the attempt to to win the public health argument in what is a really tough battle against COVID-19 um, is very damaging. And I know that the, the Gardaí I see have commenced an investigation now uh, into the event itself, uh, but this event should never have taken place and uh, obviously those who attended uh, should never have attended. What do people be thinking, Minister, putting together something like this at a time when, like you said, it, should, it shouldn't even have been on, let alone them attending it? Yeah, look, I, I, I don't know. I mean, an email came around from um, the, the Oireachtas Golf Society. I, I barely glanced at it. And, and Are you a uh, member, by the way? <laughs> no, I'm not. Uh, I played a little bit of golf a long time ago, PJ, but I uh, I just haven't got the time and I haven't played for, for quite a while. Um, and look, people are entitled to play golf and golf is not the issue. The issue is the uh, the dinner uh, and the fact that uh, over 80 people attended what was one event and you know the details the full details will emerge about this partition and the separation of the room and so on and apparently it was opened up then for the speeches and look i think ordinary people will see this as being one event you know and it came just a day after the cabinet had made the decision uh, to enforce stricter regulations and stricter um, restrictions uh, on all sorts of events and it is hard to believe that people did not recognise that this event was was not allowed. It was not meant to happen. Is it tenable now, Minister, that the Dáil remains in recess until around the 15th of September? Surely the Dáil needs to be recalled as a matter of urgency. Well, look, I think the focus uh, for the next week is to get the schools back. Uh, we are due to get schools reopened uh, next week and a huge amount of work is ongoing, uh, not just by government, but by the schools themselves, uh, principals, staff, boards of management and parents associations and, and caretakers and everyone. And we can all see the works that are underway in different schools. Uh, that is the priority. Look, I'm available. BJ, if the doll is, is called back, I have no issue with that. Uh, I'm available to you're work. A mem- you're a member of Cabinet. Your word carries some weight, Michael. Yeah. Should it be recalled. Well, look, it, it is for the Taoiseach to make that decision along with the Corla. If, if they had an incorporeal meeting or if, if you were, if you have your little cabinet WhatsApp group, and I know I'm being simplistic <laughs> here now, but what would be the message in the cabinet WhatsApp group this morning? Dial back or dial not back? 
I would give him that view privately, uh, PJ, to be straight with you. As a member of government, I think that is that is my duty. Uh, but look, I'm speaking on behalf of, of government, so I can't do solo runs uh, and call for things to happen that have not been decided on by government. You know, we work, we work by collective responsibility. We discuss issues and we make decisions. So it's not for me to, to call for the doll uh, to be returned. If you're in opposition or you're a backbencher, you have the freedom to do that. When you're in government, you know, you, you stand or fall as a group. Um, but I just but want personally, to Personally, make... as a TD, you're available. I'm available. Of course I'm available. Um, but I just want to make the point because it is so important that we get this back on track. And I know that what we've asked of people until the 13th of September uh, is really difficult. Uh, and there are elements of it that, you know, require full clarity and need to be fully explained as to what we are asking people to do. But the reason that we're asking people uh, to endure these restrictions and these impositions on their life uh, is to protect public health and to, to protect human life. And this is a tough battle, but uh, I think we, we will make progress if we stand together on this. And that is why the event that happened on Wednesday night um, is so regrettable and so disappointing and, disappointing and so annoying for so many people who are doing their level best uh, to do all that they can uh, towards what is a huge national effort. We need to win this battle. Uh, you know, we, we were doing well the for battle, a long time. But the thing about it is, Michael, and, and others in the Cabinet with you, you're, as I said earlier on, you're losing the dressing room. You're going to lose public support for restrictions very soon if you haven't lost it already after things like this look i think i think the public have been remarkable uh, so far for the last 5 months and i think people are weary there's no doubt and you know when they see us as a country having to take a step back in the same way that so many other countries have had to do so you know we are seeing restrictions reimposed um right throughout the world in countries that were doing really well the virus has come back and they've had to mm-hmm. take a step back and impose restrictions you know we all watched yeah, the international have their government have their governments have members of their government been on the tear in hotels Look, I'm very clear on on that event, uh, PJ. It should not have happened, and those who attended should have had the sense uh, to not attend, uh, and those organising it should not have organised it. There's a guard investigation underway now in relation to the event because there are regulations, actual legal regulations, uh, that govern the public health restrictions uh, that we are all living within, uh, and the most the most um, damaging aspect of it is that it undermines uh, the message that we are trying to get across and our ability to win the argument because government alone um, no matter how well government is doing, government alone will not win this battle. It is the public through their sacrifices and they've been doing it. It's the, the, you know, the public have been showing the leadership uh, that we need as a country uh, and we have you know, we've done well. Uh, we've done well, very well and unfortunately our numbers have uh, gone back up um, but I really do believe that if people can give us the next three weeks and can endure these restrictions, um, I really do believe well, that we can turn the corner well, 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 and, and remove many of those restrictions. Even, even the people, in fairness, even people like Ronan Glynn, the Acting Chief Medical Officer, and, and, and others are saying the same as that. But the problem is the credibility issue now of those restrictions as issued by the, by the, by the Cabinet the other evening. But... <sighs> When you became a minister uh, for the first time back yeah. in June, did you ever think that this government would turn into what looks like an unmitigated disaster? It looks like a car crash at this stage. 
Well, I never thought that we would have two cabinet resignations in the first number of weeks. No, of course I didn't. Um, I think every government that comes into office, um, you know, intends in to implement its programme, but politics um, throws up unforeseen events and sometimes they're of your own making. And unfortunately, this particular one uh, was uh, avoidable, completely avoidable. And that is that is the, the annoying thing about it. Um, but we are... Uh, determined to get this on track. Uh, We want to get the schools reopened next week. We are developing a new roadmap for uh, the reopening of the country and to allow us all uh, to to live alongside this virus and for our economy to function as best we can. You know, we have brought in a multi-billion euro uh, July stimulus package, uh, which is only being rolled out, you know, in different elements of it right now. So a lot has been done uh, in the number of weeks that we have been in office. And a lot was on done in Clifton the other night and I, yeah. I know I know you've answered that just very finally and, and, and briefly because a lot of people are asking the Minister for Agriculture has resigned, the last Cahirlach of the Shannon, Jerry Baltimore, your constituency colleague there in Cork South Central he has resigned and also there are calls now, multiple calls, I'm seeing them on my screen, the European Commissioner Phil Hogan, is his position tenable now? Well, he's not accountable to the Irish government. He's employed as such now by uh, the European Commission. And uh, this story is now making uh, international news. Uh, and I have no doubt that the president of the commission uh, will um, be looking at this. He's and appointed by the government. Yeah, he is. But uh, the, uh, to the best... Can that of, appointment uh, not be... I don't Question. believe so, PJ. I think the uh, I think it's the commission. Once somebody is appointed, um, their employment is with the commission. That's my understanding of it. I, I look into the legal technicalities, but that's my understanding of it. So that that would be an issue for the commission, um, in that yeah. he's not uh, accountable to our uh, okay. national parliament in any way. The very man who wrote or helped to write the regulations under which we're having to live, Seamus Wolfe, the former AG, now Supreme Court judge, he was there. Having the chicken and chips, is his position tenable? So he's now a Supreme Court judge. So he's a judge in the highest court uh, of the land. And uh, there is a strict separation of powers, uh, as you know, between the judiciary uh, and the government. And so as a member of government, uh, I certainly can't go there, BJ, in making any uh, any call or any declaration uh, on his position. Um, but I just repeat, the event shouldn't have happened. Those who attended should not have attended. Dara Kaleri, to, to, to be fair to him, um, made the, the right decision and an honourable decision uh, to step down. Uh, and I, he kind of had no choice, let's be Yeah, fair. well, uh, knowing Dara as I do for over 20 years, um, I imagine he probably went to, he doesn't play golf or anything, by the way, um, I imagine he went to that event um, out of loyalty to the Killalay family because the occasion was to mark um, uh, the passing of the late um, Mark Killalay. But that's not an excuse, but I've no doubt that that's why Dara went, um, but he shouldn't have went. I think it was out of character. Uh, he's paid a high political price, uh, but for us as a government, uh, we, have to, uh, we have to ensure the message is reiterated uh, to the public who have led the way so well uh, in the last five months. Just, just before I let you go, remember the, the Colombo questions? Just one last question, <laughs> Minister McGrath. Yes. You mentioned an email that went around from the Oireachtas Golf Society yeah. talking about this thing, right? In other words, it was well known around the corridors of Leinster House 
that this thing was going on. And no one stepped in and said, come here. No one stepped in. The email was flying around 158 offices and 60 Shannon offices and nobody stepped in. Yeah, well, I can only speak for myself. Um, I did see the email come in and uh, I deleted it because I didn't have any intention of going to Galway for an Oireachtas Golf event uh, on, on a short Did it not uh, occur to you a that it was a break. strange thing to be organising? Um, I didn't read the detail of the, there being a dinner and so on and I'm not sure that that was in it. Uh, I'll have to go uh, and check it. Check, um, your, check, check your deleted emails, I'll, I'll check, I'll, check I'll, your bin. Yeah, no, I'll check it. I will, of course, but as I say, I did see it land. Hundreds of emails come in every day. It was about, about an Oireachtas Golf event uh, in, in Galway in August came in probably a good few weeks ago and I just deleted it because I, I, I had no intention of, of attending um, but yeah I'm sure it will be carefully looked at now. Okay, alright, leave it there and thank you very much for taking our call and the first uh, member of Cabinet, the first senior politician to uh, take our call or respond to our request for an interview on the opinion and thank you Minister for Public Expenditure Michael McGrath. The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan on Corks 96 FM. If we get anything further on that uh, Timmy Howrahan story, we will certainly bring it to you. But just in case you missed it in the news, Gadi, who are investigating the murder of Timothy Howrahan uh, at the Mardike Walk, Cork, in October 2019. You remember poor old Timmy uh, burned to death. In his tent, uh, they have arrested and beaten up. They have arrested and charged two men. Uh, both of them have, were arrested this morning, and they're due to appear before the district court uh, imminently. We think one is 26, the other is 37. So, if we get anything from the court with regards to that, we'll bring it to you before the end of the program. 1857-15996 is the number to call. The text to WhatsApp 083-396-9696. The email opinion at 96mm.ie. Twitter is at opinionline96, uh, hashtag OL96. And if you want to get to us through Facebook, go to the Cork's 96FM Facebook page and uh, address your message, if you would, please, for the attention of the opinion line. Caller after caller after caller. Livid this morning at the actions of 82 people in a hotel in Clifton last Wednesday night. The day after they imposed, they sat around the cabinet table and they imposed stricter restrictions on us. Took us back rather than taking us forward. For our own good, on the advice of Neffet, we were told we're doing this for our own good. That was Tuesday. And then Wednesday, the great and the good attended a golf dinner. 80 of them in Clifton in County Galway. Now, so far this morning, if you're only catching up, the Minister for Agriculture, Derek Kinnealy, has resigned. Um, Taoiseach Michal Martin has said he'll take over the agriculture portfolio for now, until the doll resumes. The last Cahirlach of the Shannad, Senator Jerry Bottomer, has resigned as last Cahirlach. Uh, he has not been available to take our calls this morning, but he did issue that statement earlier. We've spoken to the Minister for Public Expenditure, Michael McGrath, about the whole situation. Um, and we've spoken to countless listeners who are furious, speechless, upset, emotional. Owen, good morning. Morning, PJ. How are we doing? Good. Now, we've spoken, you and I, about the decimation the absolute decimation of the entertainment industry. How do you feel about what you've just heard in the last 12 hours or so? 
to be honest with you, PJ, it's, it's actually going on with, with, with a couple of days now. It's more, more than the last 12 hours, you know. Um, first of all, we had to hold the backle about whether cinemas could hold 50 people for, for concerts and whether we could uh, could only have six indoors for, for uh, a music event. Uh, that's that. They, they, they chopped and changed their, their, their minds about that three times until we finally got an answer. Then Stephen Donnelly came out with that interview, which was just an absolute kick in the stomach for us. Yeah. Yesterday morning, Michal Martin sat behind the tools of our trade for a photo shoot. I saw that, the drums. Sat behind the drum kit while we cannot work. PJ, I'm close to tears here. It's just becoming so, so hard for Do you know, and then, Owen, it's funny that you should bring that particular point up because I looked at the photograph of Michal sitting behind a drum kit and I thought of my friend's in the music industry and I thought of how they must be feeling looking at that uh, BJ it's, 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 it's gut-wrenching I mean and then for, for what happened in Galway it's, it's, it's I'm speechless to be honest with you but what happened in Galway raises one question that we have been asking for a long long time that what happened in Galway would be a non-story if the government had listened to us they are putting a limit of 50 people on venues when they could be putting it per capacity. You've got places like Rochester Park that can have the same amount of people in them as a smaller venue like Barnabas House. Where is the sense in that? If this was done on a capacity basis, they could have probably had 100 people in Galway and no one would have asked a question. Mm. You know, they're destroying our industry without thinking, without, you know, at this stage they're doing everything just to save face so that they don't be the ones that it'll all come crashing down on. Well, it's come crashing down on now. You know, it really has. Yeah. (sighs) You you run out of words, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, you know. I mean, look, PJ, I, 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 I see on social media all the time a lot of personal insults against against politicians and things like that which I absolutely despise because I think all these guys they are human beings they are trying their best but you know what sometimes their best isn't good enough mm. you know and at this stage they need to put the country ahead of their own interests mm. do you think they really that- do do you think that it's now okay that the Doyle is not due to sit until the 15th of September? Absolutely. PJ, they should never have went on holidays during the pandemic. They should never have. They abandoned the country. They abandoned us. They really did. When was the last time you, you, you had a decent night's work on? <sighs> the, last, the, the last gig we played... Uh, of the vocals was the 7th of March. And how many gigs would have been cancelled? Jeez, <laughs> uh, DJ, you, you're talking maybe four to five a week for the, the whole summer period. You know. Your entire, your, your, your entire business, gone. Yeah, absolutely. That's it. And you know, look, we can understand the reasons. Absolutely. You know, and up to now, we've been supporting every 
restriction that was brought in, you know, we've done everything that we've been asked to do. You know, we don't want to endanger lives. We don't want to put anyone in danger. We, but we want fairness. You know, you uh, you can have 50 people at a wedding now in the church in Guganbarra, but you can't have anyone in Croke Park. Yeah. How does that make sense, PJ? Who in God's name comes to a decision like that? It's not fair. You know, it's not. Yeah, I know. It's it's nothing is being decided on the grounds of what might be suitable here, what might work here. Blanket bands. You know, I look, PJ. We're 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 creative people. We will get through this and we'll battle through this. But at this stage, it's people's mental health is going to is going to crack. You know, yeah. it really is. And we've done everything that we've been asked. We've even put things in place uh, within the music industry. Uh, they've, they've created a scheme called Mind and Creative Minds, which is absolutely brilliant. It's access for mental health uh, services for the musicians. But that has been done by the musicians themselves. We had to put that in place for ourselves. Yeah. There's been nothing done for us. You know, absolutely nothing. We got a promise that uh, of, of a number of things from Heather Humphreys. That mm. promise was made before they went to holiday, so it's still not in paper. Yeah. You know, I mean, they're talking now about bringing us down to three hundred euros in September on the pandemic payment. On the pandemic payment, and, you, and we and you, can't do anything about our situation. They are in control of our lives now. That's not fair. You know? Yeah. We've paid our taxes. We work hard. We've got families. You know? Yeah. And you've, 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 you've van loads of gear, expensive gear lying idle, not able to work it, not able to pay for its rental or its, or its, or its, or the money you borrowed to, to, to pay for it. That's crazy. It's crazy. Oh, and listen, take it easy, my friend, and we'll talk soon. I know, I know how upset you are. I know how upset so many people are. Um, at, at what is happening in that just that one industry entertainment and all that and I know it's a luxury I know bands and music and entertainment it's a luxury for us who get to go and watch it who get to go and, and enjoy the music it's not a it's not a luxury for them who work so hard to do it 1850 715 there's loads and loads that are coming in uh, 1850 715996 Angeline says the behaviour of top politicians is always the same because they separate themselves from the people but only when there's no other option. They're robbing the people's money by taking high-level costs for trips they never made and expenses for places they've never been. It's corruption and the reason that for the people losing trust. I ask how we all survive with such governments. Have a nice day if it's possible. Oh, I will, Angeline. I will have a nice day. I will get home and sort this, get this mess out of my head and I'll listen to some music and I'll watch some snooker. Uh, look at the picture of Michal Martin behind the drum kit. Yeah, uh, says a regular listener. Do you know what he, all he's short of <laughs> is a clown hat? <laughs> Liz on WhatsApp. Hi, I have great respect for Michael McGrath, but he said to Peter this morning, ordinary people would see it as one event. Ordinary? They should be no different. Don't they get that? So if my son had a partition or two at his wedding, it could have gone ahead. 
not a hope. We're ordinary people paying our taxes. Thanks for covering this. Love the show. I can't come on as my daughter is due her baby and I can't be with her. It's not the government's fault. We got the virus. But we're okay. No one I know died or no one I know got sick. Uh, and thank goodness for that. 1850-715-996 to Chris O'Leary next. The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With the indoor self-service laundrette. Now at the Junction Vickers Road. Open every day to save you time and money. Selfservicelaundry.ie Here's some of the winners from the Cork's 96FM Best of Cork Awards. Best Burger. Son of a Bun. Best Hairdresser. Fusion Hair Design. Best Breakfast. Liberty Grill. Best Coffee. Cork Coffee Roasters. Best Hotel. The Montanati Hotel. Best Workplace. Cope Foundation. Congratulations to all our winners. Thank you for voting. Thank you for voting. The Cork's 96FM Best of Cork Awards. Only on Cork's 96FM. This is Cork's Gold Imro Award-winning talk show. The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Call us now. 1850-715-996. On Cork's 96FM. So as regards the, the guard, the follow-up, or what one there will be to what happened in Clifton, the only word from Guard the Press is that they are investigating an incident in Clifton on the 19th of August. They haven't mentioned the incident. They can't. But they are investigating an event in, in Clifton. Chris O'Leary, former city councillor. Chris, good morning. Good morning, PJ. Your thoughts, please. Yeah, I mean, you just touched on a point that I was um, raising really in many respects. I mean, this this event was being planned over a long time. It didn't happen overnight, really, to be honest about it. Um, so there was serious planning going in. Um, I suspect there was possibly a lot more than, than 80 people invited by the sounds of things. Um, and you had what we would call senior members of government, ministers, um, Oireachtas members, judicial, European Commission, Commissioner there, which would have meant in many respects that um, Gardaí would have been present because of some of the high-profile personnel that you would have had there. Now, mm, the question, That's an interesting point, Chris. The, the, the question now arises really in light of a complaint being made that um, the Gardaí are going to be investigating an incident in which Garda members were on duty at. Um, and I, I think, like, I feel sorry for the Garda. I, well, I, I suppose think... we should probably ascertain, even though the point you make yes. is a valid one, and you're probably right, we should possibly ascertain whether there was Garda presence there. Yes, yeah, I, I mean, look, I, I think you and I would be around a long time, so if you have such such senior members as the, the European Commissioner, would, would would normally have um, Garda um, escort. The AG would have uh, um, uh, in the past, and the judge would have. I, I would also um, second guess at this stage. But I mean, again, because there was what eighty something um, people there, vast majority of Moroccan members, um, even even up to the current reg- uh, legislation on COVID. Maximum was 50 people at a wedding, that including staff. Yes. 
And that's an important point uh, with regard to the splitting of the room in two, which was the first excuse they, they came up with last yeah. night, and a partition. Now, we're 40 something in one and 40 something in the other. We should remember that the regulation surrounding 50 people at a function includes the staff, that's right. right down to the poor devil on reception in the front desk. And also, the other point is, uh, Chris, with regard to that event, we're told it was, and the table plan is here to to confirm, it was, for example, take table eight where Jerry Buttermer was, there was two, three, four, five. There was anything up to ten people at a table where if you try to book a restaurant tonight, you can only get six. Yeah, and, and, and this, this is it. I mean, again, you know, uh, listening to people who had, had been planning weddings, they, they, they couldn't, they couldn't get that amount of people at a table, to be fair, because of social distancing. You know, I, I mean, we, we're already taking protocols in place for children going back to school and having these hubs. So already we know that even in school environments and other environments, um, you know, that you, you can't you can't have ten people at a table. I mean, was there was there screens up? Mm-hmm. You, you know, like like the big the big issue here really for me, PJ, is that we now have a farce because now we have compromised um, people that were going about their jobs, doing their duty after being thrown into the the fire. Really, in many respects, now we're asking the Gardaí to investigate a health issue. Um, a breach of, of 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 legislation. The other thing is that, as you as you said earlier, um, to, which which was the point that I I think is really serious is that the former AG helped formulate the guidelines for the legislation. Mm. And there he is. Now, it's fair to be said, Chris, uh, it, the the examiner and I spoke to Eva Grace Moore who broke the yeah. story. They haven't been able to ascertain or confirm whether or not. Judge Wolf was there. It's worth pointing out, but his name is on it. On is on the table. It is. It is. It is. And and again, we we probably. Um, I I would suspect that that the judge won't won't make a comment. I would. I would suspect. Yeah. I mean, probably, he, probably he, not. He, he, and he, he unfortunately, unfortunately, that's his right as a member of the, and, of yes, the judiciary yes, yes, because they don't yes. they don't comment on things like this. Chris, leave it there. Thank you very much. Eighteen fifty seven one five nine nine six. The great and the good doing what they want. Uh, and the rest of us trying to do what we can is probably another way of putting it. Mary. Hi, PJ. I'm just another person very annoyed at the whole thing. But, like, really, the um, like the hotel got numbers for the... Uh, to Zoom, you know what I mean, as you do before. And they would have had to get them. Yeah. And to, it was their responsibility to cancel it. Sorry, we can't take those numbers. You know what I mean? That's, that's a valid point, actually, Mary, now that you mention it. If I try to ring up yeah. uh, the, any any one of the hotels, the Montanati, the Metropole, the Rochestown, if I try and ring up and say, listen, I have a function there Saturday night, I want to book it and I want to book, it, book 80 people, yeah. they won't let me. No. So they got a table, pl- like, they obviously had tables of 10 laid out as well, and it was their responsibility as well to, to you know, put proper seating arrangements in place. So they took a booking. They didn't comply with the seating arrangements within their partition rooms, whatever. Kind of like was that done off their own batch, or this did this partition thing kind of come up when numbers were seen to be above what they should have? Well, what, we, what we don't have is any photographs from inside the room. Yes. Yeah, but like another um, thing is, you know, even 
the concept of this thing, even if there were only 50 people at it, to arrange an event that's really not necessary when you consider the life events that people have put on hold or missed because of this. You know, Some of them irreplaceable ones. Mm-hmm. Some of them irreplaceable. Oh, absolutely. Well, you know, and some very sad, you know, not being mm. able to say your last goodbyes to somebody must be the most, you know, that's going to stay with people forever. You know what I mean? And just even the concept of organising this, even three weeks ago, even if they could have had 200 in the room, mm. to do so, you know what I mean, for something that was totally unnecessary. A yeah. golf outing, like, it's... You know, people are delighted that they're able to play golf. They don't want all the other things that used to go along with that, you know. The dinners and the, yeah. The dinners yeah. and the, you know what I mean, all that, all that kind of thing. Yeah. You know, or, or even two people going out for a game of golf not being able to just go for a pint afterwards. Yeah. You know it's, what I mean, all that is gone, from, but like people are delighted that they're able to get out playing. Yeah. But even the whole concept of this dinner, like kind of thing from the outset you know what I mean regardless of how many to be organising events in the middle of pand- which required people to travel people to stay overnight probably yeah yeah that's, you know that's, that's just, a, there's no end to the different categories of people who have a right to be grievously offended by all of this Mary thank and, you and yeah. sorry the only other thing is like okay we have people who have resigned obviously his ministership but like he's not fit to be in the government yeah. you know it's, it's not like if you were, you know, if, I, I don't know in what um, other situation, if, if you were a member of anything that had a code of conduct or whatever or was responsible for devising a code of conduct and you yourself disobeyed it, you would lose your job, not just a part of your job. You would be dismissed from your position. Yeah, you're not wrong. You're not wrong, Mary. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. 1850-715-996. The blood pressure has been high all morning. We have to try to bring it down a little bit. Um, Try and take the ease out a small bit. It's half eleven and, and the sky is a little bit brighter than it was and the day is a little bit brighter than the last couple of days, although there's more rain up there. Can we breathe for a bit and move on to something different? I was driving in last night. I had to do a bit of work in here last evening. It doesn't all end at 12 o'clock, you know. Uh, but I had to come in last evening, do a small bit, and I was driving along the quays and uh, floods. It was obvious it was breaching. And we did have a, a flood down on Morrison's Island. Now, it didn't last long, but it came up and it came out and it looked nasty for a while. Uh, Victor Shine from Cork City Fire Brigade. Victor, uh, how bad was it yesterday evening? It looked like it could get very bad for a while. Good morning, PJ. Hi, Victor. Um, it was, or it had the potential for the, 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 the waters to actually travel onto the South Mall and surrounding areas. But Meharan um, gave us an, a modelling uh, yesterday evening before the, the high tide which gave us very positive news with the wind direction coming uh, favourable for us. So the, the risk of substantial flooding had been dramatically reduced. So it's, um, it's having the luck of all the conditions not matching up to give us a bad event. 
and one of the those last night was wind direction changed yeah. and um we were we are on spring tides so again for the city uh, luck was on our side mm. and the gods were favoring our 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 city. Yeah. But, I, um, I, dro- I drove in along there by Horgan's Key there was a few a few breaches and down by the old ferry boat in as used to be there was a breach there but it it it, it could have been uh, so much worse it could have been, yeah. You had uh, Sharmard Crawford Street, a little bit off South Terrace, uh, obviously Morrison's Island and so on. But in, in fairness, I must compliment the uh, the principal response agencies, city council staff, roads, crews and uh, civil defence for being out there um, and being on standby to help out people that needed assistance. So the traffic management scheme and the public transport or, uh, agencies all came together yesterday evening to just make sure that a smooth transition through um, okay. this this weather event again. Okay. But um, we're, we're coming now down to the, the other side of the spring tides, which will reduce the risk again of flooding. Good. Victor, I know that that's what you thought I was going to ask you about, and, and, and you did indeed answer my question. But in actual fact, um, there's someone on the other line who wants to talk to you. Uh-oh. You met Claire. <laughs> you met Claire. Near Crosshaven the other night. I believe I did. Hello, Claire. Hello. <laughs> Hello, are Claire. How are you? <laughs> well, I'm a lot better than I was the other night anyway. <laughs> I'm, now, have you named the baby after me, Claire? That's my first question. <laughs> uh, unfortunately not. We called him Jack. <laughs> Jack. Well not storm-related at all. And con- congratulations, he, he, and his, by the way. He's about to give out here now because I'm only allowed to talk to him. <laughs> we, we should probably explain what what happened here. Um, when you were on yesterday morning, Victor, talking about being out at various trees down and roads blocked and all of that, we were getting word about two babies having been born during the storm. And and Claire was one of the the, the people. You you were en route, Claire. What? We got blocked. Yeah. I, so we left the house and we just got beyond Crosshaven. We met one tree, which we were able to pass. So we're like, okay, right, here we go. And then uh, a car stopped us and they said, you're not going to get past the next one. And we're like, oh, God. So we said we'd go up the, other, the back way and go through Fountainstown and hope for the best. And just as we got past our space there, um, there was a tree down. Um, a lovely couple. I don't know if they're listening or will they, they stop. And in fairness to them, they drove behind us until we got to the big tree, tree that we couldn't pass, mm. where Victor met us. <laughs> so, um, and were you oh, aware, Victor, that they were coming? I was on the way home, and I met Cork City, or sorry, Cork County Fire Service from Crosshaven um, at the first tree on the main Crosshaven Road, who were looking for Claire. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> I hadn't come across her, so they gave me kind of a, an idea of a, a potential location, because there were several locations mentioned. So I said, look, I'll swing around and I'll go up towards the, on the Fountainstone route. And, and I met Claire's husband, or partner, waving frantically. And I said, I must be at the right location. <laughs> yes, yeah. So, My so, nice and armour. <laughs> so what do you do at a time like that? Do you go looking for hot water and towels? Or what do you do, Victor? <laughs> Luck, luckily, I was just after coming from work and I had one of the response vehicles from work because I was covering the, the major event in the city, obviously. And I have a substantial medical bag in that which will deal with most situations, you know. Which uh, didn't have gas and air, may I add? Uh, no <laughs> gas. She was, she, was, 
pleading for pain relief. Have you, yeah, have you come across this before then, Victor, have you? I have, a long time ago. But my, fir- my first thing was thinking of the old cowboy movies, was break a branch off the tree and say, bite down on that, Claire. But I said, no, it was the wrong time for humour. <laughs> yeah. So um, you, you got to hospital in the end, though, didn't you? Claire? I did. We got there um, maybe an hour and a half before he was born, so we got there just in time. But it was a, an ordeal, to say the least. Yeah. Well, how are things okay. now? Everyone okay now? How's Jack? Oh, oh he's flying us. Is he trying Actually, to get into the conversation there? Did I hear him a second oh, ago? He, oh, he is, of course. Sure. He's, he's a superstar already. <laughs> Only a day old. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I just wanted to say thanks a million, Victor. You're an and congratulations, there. You, you were extremely brave, and your partner was just so cool under those conditions. You know, oh, well. and in, in, in <laughs> that's how you remember service, it. The yeah. fire service and the ambulance crew who were um, working behind the scenes to, to make your transition from the location, like they had to go to a farm, literally, to make a pathway yeah. around that tree because. Climbing over the tree wasn't really a good option for you at that stage. So, with with everybody working together, great teamwork, and we we got you a fantastic result. And well done, you. Right. Well, Thanks a million. Nice one, Victor, and congratulations, Claire. And what, what's your partner's name? Owen. Owen, and uh, and and welcome to the world, Jack. And when you sit down to tell him what happened on the night he was born, he live a story for life. Victor Shine, good man yourself, one of our one of one of our our, our heroes in the city, uh, going to all sorts of different as I said, the situations that we run away from. Victor and his team run into it, uh, and Claire Slevin, uh, new mum. To baby Jack, congratulations, Claire, and it's just lovely. It's just lovely. Lightens up the morning after a rough few hours. Now, uh, two Cork children uh, have put their time while they were in lockdown uh, to writing a book. We all did things during lockdown that we haven't done before. Two youngsters wrote a book. Uh, Ava and Daniel Shorten from Mallow. Ava is ten, and Daniel is nine. And uh, now, okay, Ava, you're there, are you? Yeah. Hi, and Daniel. Yeah. Yeah, great. Uh, and your dad is there, Professor George Shorten. Ava and Daniel, congratulations on the book. How did you get the idea? Well, we just kind of put together a lot of art, and then. Like, like poems and stories. And then we just decided to put it into a book. Right. And do you write stories and do art yourselves all the time? Yeah, sometimes, yeah. Good, good. Daniel, um, did, did you enjoy putting a book together? Yeah, kind of. Our dad helped us. Yeah, uh, yeah I'll talk to George there now in a second. Um, actually, put me on. Professor George Shorten. Hi PJ. Hi, how are you? Thanks. Uh, you, you've two, you've two um, very creative young people there. Yeah, it seems like it. The, the, when lockdown arrived, uh, they found themselves not in school, and uh, they had been preparing bits and pieces for various magazines. Uh, and I think it it dawned on them at some stage. There's a lot of this. Maybe we should put it together. Mm. How did they choose the material? Was it from their own choices, or did you sit with them and go through it? Oh no, the, um, there's a, uh, a kids' literary magazine called Stone Soup, 
and they regularly send stuff off to Stone Soup. Um, and uh, over the course of three or four months, they must have sent off 20 or 30 pieces of art or a poem here and there. And uh, it was from that that they, they picked what went into the book eventually. That's an American publication, isn't it, Stone Soup? It is, yeah. It takes things from all around the world, but yes, it, it, that's right. It, it's, uh, and tell did, did they do well in the John Boyne? That's a very prestigious competition, the short story competition. Yeah, I, I can let Ava tell you about that. I think Ava was one of the prize winners. Uh, Great. Of that. Great. Um, I won a 20-euro voucher for my short story. It's called Robin. Right. And you sent it to... The John Boyne competition. Yeah. Very good. Very good. Tell me about some other stuff on it. What what is the what was sounds of COVID about? Where did that come from? That's Daniel, so I'll let you oh, um you go, talk to him. Go ahead, Daniel. What, what well, was where did um, sounds of COVID? Well, during COVID nineteen, um it's kind of surprising that um there's lots of different sounds during the pandemic, but the actual virus itself says nothing at all. It's silent. Yeah. What kind of sounds did you notice? Um, so this is, this is the poem. Water running from the taps. Arguments from the sink. Who goes first? The grown-ups are whispering worried. All of those numbers... Day after day, the thrush, the thrush, the thrush song is louder than before. The virus is silent. Oh, and you're only nine. Yeah, that's very good writing, Ava. Have you something there that you could read from? Yeah, I'm just gonna get it up now. <clears throat> They're all set here. Way ahead of me. What are you gonna What are you gonna read for us? Uh, this one's called Mustache. Okay. I twist the cap anti-clockwise, pour myself a big glass, take a gulp. In the bathroom mirror, I proudly inspect my white moustache. <laughs> so nice. All the money from this book will go to the Simon community to, to help the homeless. Do you feel sorry for the homeless people, guys? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Do you think that the grown-ups should be doing more for them? Yes. And and is that why you wanted to do a book so you could be seen, you could be doing something for them? Is that what you thought? Part of it, yeah. 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 How has it, how has life changed for you, uh, Daniel and Ava, since lockdown started? I mean, you were out of school, away from your friends. You probably missed all kinds of events, did you? Yeah. And there's this event in school called the Cork City Sports. Yes. And we couldn't we couldn't do that because it was right in the middle of of the coronavirus. Yes. Pandemic. And had you been preparing for the sports? Kind of. Yeah, do you like well, what, what 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 do you like to do? Um we were um a couple of weeks away from the trials for the for the sports. Okay. And um as I'm too young to do it with my class, I have to do it a class younger. I gotcha. But I, I wouldn't even be doing it in a class younger because I didn't get to. You didn't get to. And Ava, was there something that you missed? 
there's the, uh, the Corsi Sports as well. I usually get into that. Right. And I was disappointed at missing that. Yeah. Um, what about being away from all your friends? We usually have like a fair in May, because right. it's the May fair. But um, we, we had to skip that as well because of COVID. Yeah, yeah. And do you have friends that you haven't seen? Yeah. We met up once or twice um, towards maybe July, at the start of the summer holidays. Right. Right. And how do you feel about how the grown-ups are behaving about the the, the virus? Do you think that... Have you any advice for us how we could do things better? Stop going bananas. (laughs) That's my answer. That's my answer. Listen, you're two wonderful young people, Daniel and and Ava Shorten and Professor George Shorten, uh, Dad. Uh, congratulations on the book and and well done to you all. Thanks, guys. That's it's called it's called Lockdown Loot, and it's published by Badly Made Books. www.badlymadebooks.com, and it's available for sale at bookshops and online from Cork Simon. See, Mulnahoiga August Chukikshid, and maybe they could teach us a little bit about how to run this country of ours. It's a program edited by Deirdre Shotnessy, produced and researched by Fergal Barry. Have a good weekend, or make the best of it at least.